Wow. Man, that guy's a gifted communicator. I can see it already. I can't wait to have him help lead this church in the future. I'm just believing in the next generation to step up and take some lead. Man, it's good to be back. I missed y'all. You're with me in my hearts for sure, but I, man, I, I, I am glad to be back home. I love Honduras. It's one of those things, bittersweet, bitter, bitter and sweet, both leaving here and then coming back here and leaving, going there and then leaving there, but I'm glad to be back. And I, and I, I was able to watch online a little bit with the broken Wi-Fi that we had in Komiyawa where we were the last days, and I say days because we're, our, plane got, our plane got delayed, but... I was watching online, and I was really impressed with our online audience, the amount of people we had watching online. So I want to I greet you, all of our online uh, attendees. I, I felt a little bit uh, ashamed because I haven't been greeting our online attendees. So would y'all give it up for our people who are watching online? There we go. That's great. And, and I, honestly, we have, a, we have a team that has been working online with you to serve you, so you can comment in the, I know where the comments are below on Facebook, so you can comment below, and please do interact there, because if that's your only sense of community, you need it, you need some interaction, but we also welcome you back to church. 9 a.m. is a great time, to, a great uh, service to have a lot of space for you to be able to feel safe in if COVID is your problem, if PJs are your problem, you know, come in, come as you are, or come as you are, church, the Holy Spirit will do the work to get you dressed up in something else, but, uh, but then also, if you guys haven't liked us, or if you haven't liked us online, like us on Facebook as well, that also helps other people to know that Thrive is here, this is your church, and God is doing something amazing in and through you here at Thrive, and I want to talk to you a little bit, so thank you guys, I uh, also want to tell you a little bit about the, our mission trip we're going to tell a little bit more next week. We're working on a video. So much happened, uh, and, and we were kind of thinking several times through the trip with different uh, members, and we're like, what did you think about this trip? We always do that. What do you think about this trip? What do you think? And it's almost like a self-analyzation. Did we do good? Did we do good? You know, all those things. And what do I compare this against? And I, I w- we, we agreed that it was very relational in context. We needed it as a team just to be around others and not just be around others, but to build relationships, genuine, authentic, communication-style relationships where we got to know each other other on a much deeper level. In fact, more than most of us have in the past two years with anybody at all. And that's one thing that being present here and worshiping together actually provides. But even more than that, getting away and doing life together was, was huge for us. I know it was for me. Uh, I know Emily or Crystal, and I don't see anybody else that was here in that, in that group. But it was, it was a huge, that was a huge part of it. But then also for the church that we went and the people we went to serve, seeing the light bulb come back on. We walked in, you could feel a spirit of heaviness, and, uh, and, and when we, we were able to minister that first day that we got there, or after we got there, and people were up, I ended service on time, and in fact, early, got into prayer, and like, we're going to do this, I'm going to honor my pastor, he says, you got, and we had two hours, so two hours there, Wait, but one hour was worship, and I'm like, and then he has a pre-message, and I'm like, I've got to translate this thing, and I've got a little block of a, me- a, a time left, like, Lord, we're going to have to do a good work, and so we'll be obedient, and so uh, we did, we, I did my part, 
But you know what? The church, the, the, through the message and through just the presence of the Lord there, the people wouldn't leave. Literally, they had our team up there for another hour receiving prayer at the front of the church. And the brokenness and the, the, the hurts and the depression, the anxiety, the busyness of life that they were struggling with, the, the, the worry, all of those things. And one lady that was with us, I won't name any names. I'll wait till the next service when she's here. But uh, <laughs> no, I won't do that. She was like, she heard that morning it's going to be a two-hour service. Church for two hours. <laughs> and, and Nicole, one of our other uh, missionaries, said, uh, "Yeah, and you'll be the la- you'll be there the longest." And and lo and behold, this young lady was there not only from nine to eleven, but from eleven to twelve, praying for people. And everybody else was waiting. I wonder when they're going to be done. But there she was, still hanging in there. Three hours, not two. So that was really good. But just seeing the light bulbs come on the next day, being able to spend time with them, we were, as, as you online and our team were going out to visit some of the people who were a part of the church, but they just haven't made it out of their homes yet to be back in the church and the building and be in worship with others. And so our team, the pastor sent our teams out there to go and minister to them, love on them, connect with them, and encourage them to, to come back home. So that was very reviving as well. And then also, you know, believe it or not, there were some hurts and wounds that happened through COVID. I know it sounds strange, but it actually happened. And no, the critical spirit actually did have some effect on people. And so they were able to go, our teams were able to go and minister. And while I was able to minister to our pastor there and really had some great conversation and real heart-to-heart conversation, and I could see I could see just life come back to him, and I, it, was, it was all for, for that right there. Uh, I, did, I shared some things that I'm doing in my own life to help restore and strengthen and give me stability uh, with circling myself with other men uh, in, 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 in a group, and he says, you know what, that's exactly what I need. I, I'm going to start doing that right now. I'm going to bring some other men around me, and I'm going to take the teacher hat off, the pastor hat off, and I'm just going to be with, with mighty men of God. I said, you, you will never be the same. You'll never be the same. And then we went over to uh, another school village, I mean, a village, a mountain village in the school, and we got some things we'll, we'll share a little bit later, but it was phenomenal times. And so we're, we're excited about it. Guys, uh, we didn't know what we were going to walk into having been gone for two years, but we were excited to, that we got to experience what we are experiencing there. We got to bring life back to a dark place, and we have a lot of great ideas and things to go forward for our next trip. So if you're interested in that next trip, come on. We're going to have fun. And so at the end, of, we also, I'm sorry, one of the things was we're going to help them add a classroom in the ministry, in a classroom in the school in the mountains. And so that was a really, a really effective thing. One, because they normally... At sixth, at sixth grade, the parents are like, we're not concerned about education. Let's just get out and go back to the fields and start working. But they're trying to establish a class for sixth to ninth grade, and that's huge. And we said, hey, we'll, we'll help you do that material-wise. The, the dads of the community are saying, we'll come together and we'll, we'll build it, we'll put it together. And that is a huge thing for this people group, I've got to tell you. So huge celebrations. And so we'll, we always have uh, opportunities to give to make a difference at the end of service, every service. And so you can do that uh, online or right here in the black boxes. But I, I want to I talk to you about this series, and I chose it that we're in the, the seven days, the last seven days, enduring the joy of enduring, because we, we kind of got to experience that while we were in Honduras. The joy of enduring, and each one of these little icons represent a day 
of the week, the last week, the holy week of Jesus before uh, the resurrection. And so I thought, well, you know what? A lot of believers don't even know what this week man, means. They don't know the details of the days. And I can't even break down every detail of every day in this setting. That's why we have tribes, by the way, Thrive Tribes, to do that. But I thought we need to disciple the believers and the yet-to-be believers who are coming to this church in what this week even means. Because April 17th, we're leading up to Resurrection Sunday. We don't call it Easter. Easter's for bunnies who lay eggs, which is really weird. But we have Resurrection Sunday. That's why we have that. So just, just so you know, when we call it Resurrection Sunday, why don't they call it Easter? That's why. Uh, so it's Resurrection Sunday. It's the reason why we are or even here meeting. But I thought we need, to teach, we need to teach the people why we do this, what Holy Week is about. And so we're talking about day two. I'm going I'm to flex a little bit on this. I'm pulling off of Pastor Cass's last week message of, of actually Palm Sunday he was talking about. And I'm going to come into the Sunday night that leads into the Tuesday morning. And I'm going to talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to coin the term in this, stop the traffic. Because in this day, Jesus stopped, stopped the traffic. And so uh, let me just pray right here because there may be traffic going on and distractions. So Father, we just thank you so much for a place of peace. Thank you, Lord, for the worship today. I'm telling you the worship spoke the message. Thank you, Lord, that you're guiding all of our teams. We pray for the children's ministry this morning. Pray for clarity of mind, that the, the teachers are able to speak clearly, communicate the gospel, and the kids are open to receive. I pray for open hearts, and we just command distractions to be gone in this space in Jesus' name. Pray for a, a pure focus. We pray for salvations, both in person and online. Pray for restoration, Lord, of those things that have been broken over and lost over the last two years and reconciliation of the relationships that have been broken over the last two years. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I have a thought following our trip. And in light of what we're, what we're reviewing in this series, uh, the enemy has two weapons. The enemy of our soul, which we do have, has two weapons. And if he can't get you on one, he's going to try to get you on the other. And if he can't do there, he's going to come back to the other. Then those two weapons are deception and distraction. Deception and distraction. The deception is the Bible is not the Bible. Uh, Jesus is not the Christ. Uh, Christianity doesn't really amount to anything. Uh, he'll deceive you in the sense of you got to be better. You got to be good, more good. You got to more good in you for God to love you enough. You got to be gooder, as we would say in East Texas. <laughs> you need to be gooder than that for God to love you. And the deception of it. He'll deceive you with sin and addiction and all kinds of unbelief. He's a deceiver. That's his plan. That's his M.O. That's what he does. But if he can't deceive you, then he'll trick you in your confidence that you can't be deceived, and he will distract you. Oh, no, he's not going to deceive me. I'm going to be so on my game. You don't realize I'm getting led around, and all of a sudden I'm distracted. And especially the believers, deceive and distract is his plan. Because the devil loves to get us to do a bunch of nothing. Get us involved with doing a lot of little things that don't matter to any, don't equate to any eternal value. Just keep us distracted and keep us focused on things that do not matter. Anybody find themselves there over the last two years? 
I get so busy because I don't want to deal with the things that are going on inside of me. I don't want to deal with my problems, so I find something else to get involved with. Hey, me, I get involved with because it's just easier for me to stay busy and not focus on that. Well, it took my wife about five minutes to convince a lady in Honduras to come to the gate because everybody lives behind gates in prison almost in Honduras for the sake of safety. And then finally, another five minutes to get into the, into the gate. And it wasn't long before she was finally willing to say, I just keep myself busy. Because I don't want to deal with everything I need to deal with. So I just stay busy. The enemy has a plan. And so Mark, I'm going to pull this out of Mark and it's in Matthew and, and, and Luke as well. Mark is bookending a story from Sunday night. To, with, I'm going to flex into Tuesday morning. And it's the two parts of the, the parable, the story, the real events of the fig tree and the temple. The temple cleansing, the clearing of the temple. And so Jesus, I'm going to, I'll pick this up in a minute. But it begins on Sunday, ends on Tuesday morning, Sunday evening. Mark 11, 11 says this. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, Sunday night, we want to go into service, see what Sunday night service looks like in, in, in this house. So he walks in. Checks it out and he goes, all right, I'll be back. It was already late, he says, and he went out with the Be- to Bethany, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. He's like, let's go. If it's going to be like this, let, let's go. Jesus takes a pause to examine everything. Here's the assurance, though, it gives me. Here, here's, a fl- here's, a, here's a side of this coin. He examines everything that's in my heart. He knows the busyness, the things I'm trying to, to flee from. He knows the things that I'm trying to uh, distract myself from. He knows the things that I'm trying to cover up, uh, other thi- cover, up uh, cover up that's in my heart with other things. He know- the piece is he knows what's going on in my heart. He knows, he knows the things that are keeping me distracted. He knows the things that he'd like for me to bring to him. He knows what they are. The piece is he loves me anyway in the midst of that. Whether I will recognize, slow down, deal with, no matter the case, Jesus loves me. Isn't that peaceful? And when he walked in, he loved, he had a brokenness and a love for every person that he was watching doing the to and fro. And he, moving on, it says, on, on, on the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if, the, if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it, and they came to Jerusalem. It's interesting that they make a note that Jesus stopped at a fig tree. You're never going to bear fruit again. Disciples noticed it, and then they just keep moving on. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold sold uh, sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Remember, he was watching this the night before. This wasn't all of a sudden. He'd been been observing. And then this next statement, he says, And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. 
And another version says he stopped letting them parade their gear from one side to the other. And the temple's a pretty large space if you've ever been to, to the Holy Land. To get from the east side over to the Mount of Olives, you you got to go about a, a little over a quarter mile around of walking, maybe close to a half mile in order to get there, so it's a little inconvenient. So the people realized, you know what, it'd be a lot easier if we just cut, made a A line, straight line A to B and just cut through the temple. And we could even use the temple as a place to resource and to make a little money along the way. And we could just, it became a thoroughfare as a pathway to, their, to, to ease up, to make their life easier. It was for a convenience for themselves to be able to go through the temple. To use the temple for their own needs and their own desires and their own wants. They were just using the temple. They could take a shortcut through his presence. And he taught, moving on, and he taught and he said to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. Now this is day two of the Holy Week, Semana Santa. He knows where he's going. He's enduring for joy. Shall be called a house of prayer. And then he moves on. He says, you made it a den of robbers. And the chief priest and the scribes heard it and sought a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the multitudes was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter said, huh, I remember that tree. He remembered it and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered him, them, have faith in God. And all of that that took place, the only thing that Jesus said was this remarkable response was, have faith in God. I love this because it's so real even for me. Distractions everywhere trying to wear you down, pull you every direction, keep you, your attention hyper-focused in wrong spaces. Don't pay attention. Get involved in, in, the, in the coming and going. Just coming and going. Jesus was observing. Don't let your headlines be driven by the current status of your situations. Jesus was saying, hey, hey, pay attention to God. Put your hope and trust in God. All these things that you have, wait a minute, they're just distractions. They're keeping you from the, what the purpose of my temple is. This fig tree, don't worry about it. Have faith in God. He says the solution to every worry, every fear, every distraction, every anxiety is Jesus. It's time to stop the traffic because it's all about Jesus. And all these things they had questions about, he said, have faith in God. They were focused on all the things that took place in that little fig tree, distractions. Have faith in God, he said, his only response to bring them up out of the things that they were seeing to the things that would actually get them through what they were experiencing. Have faith in God. Jesus stops the, the traffic, says, have faith in God because it's all about me. It's all about him. We were in Gracias Limpira, this place that we haven't been to, and we, we went to help minister to a ministry partner that we have here, a friend of mine that has become, become a friend. He's a missionary in Gracias, and this is... Uh, they're in Honduras, and we were there as a team, and we were like, you know what? It's time for us to go back to La Entrada, where we were ministering and staying. 
the moment we pull out of the, the store that we were at, traffic backed up. And we're just sitting there for a little while thinking, okay, we're just, we're just going to wait it out. And like, it's not going anywhere. And then we start to try to ease through. Maybe we go the other direction and people start pulling in. Nope, nope, not an inch. Like, your car is already, you know, this wide. They're pulling up. They're, no, you're not getting through here. We're just trying to get past. We're trying to go the other way, not get in in front of you. Nope. Like chaos everywhere, and every, all of a sudden these moto taxis are coming through and cutting through, and motorcycles. A moto taxi is a little red taxi. When you ride through, then there's two people that can ride in the back. They're always in third world countries, and and so they're they're all over the place. Turns out it was a moto taxi strike. They were striking at the end that where where it was all blocked. They were creating a blockade so that nobody could get through, so that they could prove a point. Little motorcycles are going around and and weaving in and out, traffic everywhere, and it's like that even on the main roads until you get to a military or a police checkpoint. Then all of a sudden, everybody starts straightening up. It lines up. I mean, everything goes in a single file line, and no, nothing. It's like nothing ever happened. Straightened up. Stop. The traffic. And Jesus comes into the temple that day. Wait a minute. Everyone is going their own way and doing their own thing. Now there's a thoroughfare. Now there's a shortcut through here. And everyone is coming into the temple to get what they want for themselves and then leave. People are no longer concerned about the needs of others because they're so focused on their own needs. They want to make getting through the presence of God a lot easier so that they don't have to work for anything, so that they can just get through to make their life easier, and then they're out of there. Everyone was doing this and doing that, and it was chaotic, and Jesus was standing there saying, stop the traffic. Jesus was saying, hey, it's not about what you think or what you think is best for you. It's about what I'm here to do in you and through you as you focus on me. Hey, because people tend to make the minor things the main things and the main things the minor things. And they were focused on the minor things and walking right through the main thing. They were, in fact, using the main thing to their benefit because they were so focused on the minor things of life. And Jesus went to the cross so that you and I will remember the main thing is the power of the resurrection that lives in us and that Jesus is Lord over all. He's Lord over all the distractions. He's Lord over all the anxieties. He's Lord over all of the fears. He's Lord over every hyper-focused distraction, thing that keeps you from leaning in, the things that keep you worried, and things that keep you from paying attention to what God is doing in the moment. He's Lord over every media governmental situation. He's Lord over it all. He's Lord over your finances, your marriage, your brokenness. He is Lord over it all, and he's saying, Stop the internal, the temporal, the temple traffic, please. And if you surface read this story, you'll think, wow, Jesus, he had a bad day. Like he woke up on the wrong side of the floor. He he was irritated, a little frustrated. He doesn't like fig trees. He's anti-fig. He's a figicist. 
He's not inclusive. How dare he live? That's what the world will say right about now. Jesus. But the true meaning is not all in the literal of this story, but in the symbolism. Jesus is a real, authentic, living parable, but Jesus is realizing that there is no substance. There's no substance in anything that's taking place. Everything is about profession, but nothing is about practice. Everyone has become focused on their own shortcuts of their own paths, and no longer is my house a house of prayer and adoration, but now it's a place for personal gain. And there's a lot of busyness and activity, but there's no fruitfulness. In fact, it's fruitless. And he knows that the fate of the fruitlessness is not good. And we were created for more. And he's sitting here watching the night before saying, oh, Lord, help me. You ever had that conversation, oh, oh self, help me, help me? Nathan, 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 what are we going to do? Jesus, 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 what are we going to do? I don't know. He goes, I know what we're about to do. We're about to stop the traffic. And he knows this. And Jesus is referring to the, this, this fruitless fig tree, the tongue twister, as to what Israel has become. It has become fruitless. All the religion, the looking like, the profession of, but not the, the lacking of the practice is all fruitless. And he's a, and is addressing it. And there's a lot of busyness. People are busy. I'm too busy to go. I can't show up to the dinner, Jesus. I'm busy. I just got married. I got some property to take care of. I'm busy. There's a lot of busyness and transaction, but there's no value on his presence. So Jesus stops everything. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. So as Christ followers, I hope we're, we're leaning in and discipleship and, and obedience in God so that, so that God doesn't have to come in and stop the traffic of our lives and get our attention for his presence. Jesus speaks to all of us in the same way through this. He speaks to the blended family who's trying to figure out how to unite as one because it's this and it's that and it's yours and it's mine. He's speaking to the, the high school graduate who's now going to college and they're trying to figure out how do I do this because COVID wrecked my graduation season and all my systems are broken down and I don't even know if this is going to be able to be sustained. He's speaking, he's speaking to the relationships and the marriages that are broken. He's speaking to the busyness. He speaks to the busyness of people. And he speaks to the business owners who are saying, can I just get an employee who will show up and do the job? He's speaking to every person. He speaks to you and he speaks to me. We are not alone. There's a connection that must be made. And when we can't live with all this broken connection that we settled for busy. I'm too busy to show up. I don't have time for a tribe. I'm too busy. Doing what? Scrolling through my reels? Busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. We can't live with all the symbolism, but no substance. We weren't made for it. You ever had a busy day? And I got a lot to do. I got a lot to do. 
I've got a ton of things to do. Just open the scroll of life for me for that day, and it is just full. I've got to do this. I've got to be over here, and I've got to be back over there, and then I've got to show up. I've got counseling. I've got meetings. I've got leadership development. I've got to do this with these houses. I've got to do this over here. I've got to go see my mother. I've got to go, see, I've got to, go to the doctor. I've got to get my tooth. There's something wrong with my tooth right here. I've got, I've got to get fixed that. And so I wake up that morning, and I just say, Lord, help me, and I've got to go. I've got these two little roosters that are in my house they wake up before I do, and it's like cock-a-doodle-doo first thing in the morning, and they're coming through like little toy, toy roosters, and they're waking me up because they, they somehow God has put inside of them that 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. is the time of day that we should be awake, and I, ain't, I, I, can't, ha- I can't have it. And they need full hyper-focus from me from the time that I wake up, and so it's like a Lord help me day. Whew, Lord help me. But by 8.05, I'm crushing it. I know I got a lot of decisions to make. I got I gotta, everybody, they need me. I need to be able to show up for them. I got to be able to perform. I got I to gotta be able to do it. So Lord, help me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm going after it. I'm answering my emails, and I'm answering my phone calls, and I'm answering my... T- and bzz, bzz, ding, ding, tweet, tweet, tweet. Breaking news. Amber alert. Amber alert. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 you can do that, yes. Breaking news, breaking news. Update, update, update. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Where was I? What day, what's today? Where? In the modern day temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Me have become a, a thoroughfare for distractions. A thoroughfare of distraction. All these things, Lord, help me. That's my prayer. That's my time with the Lord that day. I can do this, Lord, but you have to help me. That, that's, the, that's the amount that I, of, the, of attention I give to the presence of God that day. And you realize I'm out of, I'm out of whack. My phone. Is my distractions of life are closer to me than my Bible is. And in fact, my, my distractions are sitting on top of the Word of God that I haven't even been able to pay attention to because I've been so focused on crushing it that day. I got a week worth of stuff to crush, and my distractions are killing me on the inside, and they're keeping me from focusing on the things that God wants to sit me down and talk with me about so that we can really get some good work done. Oh, Lord Jesus. Put that Bible on top of the, you start doing some, some uh, anybody play blade baseball? Start doing some, my holy moments, all of a sudden I'm Catholic. Lord Jesus, help me. Start taking communion to overcome it, you know, all those things, whatever religious duty I can get, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Lord, help me. And a fig, the fig tree is so leafy, but no figs. It's a good-looking tree, but you look a little closer. Wait a minute, there's no figs. There's nothing on it. It's fruitless, but it's so busy. Fruitless. And I look at my phone, it hit me. Why, the, why, why have the distractions taken God's place? I think the Lord is trying to say, I, I have some notifications for you, 
I got some breaking news. I got a few headlines for you. I got, I got some things. By my stripes you are healed. That you're the head and not the tail. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In fact, you will silence every voice that has been raised up against you. And not only that, this is a benefit for those who are my servants, says the word of God. It's a benefit that I don't know that I have because I'm not in this, in his presence, spending time with him. And I'm focused on the distractions instead. And so I'm not using the benefits from the Lord because I'm focused on the distractions, the blinding distractions that are in the world and thinking, how can I crush it? Have some alerts, some breaking news. Jesus says, I am the one who will heal you. I am the one who will set you free. I am the one who will move you in due time. I am the one whose benefits you need. I am the one. Those are the headlines you need to be attentive to. The fig tree is a symbol of Israel and all of their fruitless religion. The going through and passing and thoroughfaring and utilizing the presence of God, the temple of God, the place of God for their own good. The temple is a symbol of his presence to the people. The fig tree was a symbol of Israel and their religion and their fruitlessness. I have come, Jesus says, I'm here for you. There were were too many distractions. And God said, I sent the prophets, I sent my people and you killed them. You were too busy in your thoroughfaring and moving your gear from one place to the next and staying busy. I'm going to give you four declarations that I'm using present day to move me through these distractions that can be so crumbling when I think I can crush it, yet I'm getting crushed by it. Number one is this, I will not be distracted in the distractions. I will not Be distracted in the distractions. Can somebody say that with me? I will not be distracted in the distractions. And that's a declaration that you need to make every day whenever there's a fight between this and this. Maybe yours looks like an iPad. Maybe it looks like a computer. Maybe it looks like a pager. Maybe it looks like work. Maybe it looks like your children. Kids, you better go do something, little roosters. You better cock-a-doodle-do somewhere else because i got to spend a little bit of time with my father. <laughs> what, what I can do is get into and study God's Word. And the response is not from the current surroundings, but the response is from the good news, the breaking news, the alerts that God has given me as I'm spending time in His presence. And then I take that into a world filled with distractions and I make it be a place of peace because of what is inside of me. Ooh, Lord, help me. Number two, I will not be shaken in the shaking. Declaration number two, I will not be shaken in the shaking. There's a, there's a world. The world is being shaken right now. And there is a shaking that is going on. And if we are in the wrong position, in the wrong identity, in the wrong mindset, 
then we will be shaken with it and all of our vision of life will be blurred because we can't see straight because of the shaking. But once we come out of that shaking and we get aligned with the word of God, all of a sudden we can have clear focus for the things that God is calling and leading and asking and preparing us to do. And I can have confidence because his word is the only truth which I can stand on to make my decisions and have a firm foundation in my mind as I'm navigating through my distractions, my problems, my struggles that don't go away. It's just how I deal with them and how I confront them and how I navigate through them are based on this roadmap that causes a little bit of a change and a shift in my life that restores my soul because he leads me into those green pastures. I will not be shaken. Families are being shaken. Companies are being shaken. Finances, governments, religious systems, relationships with God shaken. I need to be in a small group with others because I'm being shaken. And it's the small group that I'm in with others because I commit to be submitting and around a group of other like-minded. For me, men, they give me stability when I'm being shaken. They remind me that Jesus is still on the throne, that the King of Kings is still in operation, which brings a stability to my shaken because I have a temptation to be shaken as well. Psalm 62, 6 says this, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. It's in Him. It's in His presence. It's not using His presence as a thoroughfare. It's honoring His presence as everything that I need. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no distracting enemy can reach me. Oh, you had me, Satan. You tricked me. I got focused on, focused on the wrong things. I made myself distracted thinking I can crush it over here and crush it over there and crush it over here and do it over here all by myself. And you had me. You said the, the, the favor of the Lord is on you. and You can do all these things. And you're right. The problem is I did it without him. But I'm going to get it back into alignment. And there's a lot of grace with God to come right back around and say, no, 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 today we're going to do it a different way. We're going to start a new practice. We got a new cycle in life. We got a new keystone habit for, for breaking these chains, and I'm not going to go back there. Depression does not have a description or prescription for my life. Not happening. Number three, I will not be discouraged in the discouragement. Oh, there's discouragement all around. Oh, yes, it's doom and gloom. Oh, yes, social media has this. Oh, yes, there's all these rumors. Oh, yes. But I will not, this declaration, I will not be discouraged in everything that has taken place. My vision, because I'm no longer shaken and distracted, is very focused and very clear on what God is saying in the midst of what everything else and everyone else is doing. I will not be discouraged. I'm committing to the church. I'm committing to community. I'm committing to coming in to worship with others and be encouraged because I need encouragement. I can't get encouragement without you. I can't get encouragement without being in your presence. 
I can't get encouragement through watching you online. It was very encouraging. That's great. Mentally, but relationally and emotionally and physically and spiritually, it just doesn't meet the marks. I need to be in your presence. I need to get stuck on a mission trip with you for a while so that we can get to know each other and do life and I can get to know the, the nitty gritty in your life and, and what you really like and what you really dislike and I, all the fun, happy, fuzzy stuff falls off and we really get to have our, see our frustrations and yet we love each other in the midst of it and every day is a new morning. We're having coffee together and we go to bed just stressed out because it's a little too hot. It's not like this in America. The air conditioners are different here. Why isn't it like home? I need that with you. Will not be discouraged. Number four, I will fix, I will fix, I will fix my eyes on Jesus. Notice I will fix, and men, we love to do this. I'm going to fix it. Love to fix our wives, right? Oh, oh, baby, that's your problem. I got it fixed. I'm not asking you to fix it. I just want you to listen. That's true. I'm confused. I'm so confused. Like, Disconnect, 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 disconnect. I will fix, meaning I'm going to put intentional effort on fixing my focus on Jesus. All these distractions, all this stuff's going on around. I've got roosters in my house crowing early in the morning, and they, they want everything. They want cereal. Now they want this. They want to be changed. They need to go to potty. They need somebody to wipe their butt. They need this. They need the, now they need to take a tub-tub. No, what's that on your hands? Why does it smell like that? I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. It's an intentional choosing not to be distracted in the traffic and in the shaking of life, Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing, not an accidental, oh yeah, you know, I need to probably read this. I'm fixing, I've got blinders on to everything else in the world except for what God is doing in the moment. moment. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. He started it, and he's perfected it. He's got it figured out. For the joy Set before him, he's gone through all these experiences. He's on the other side of it saying, hey, here's how you do it. Just keep your eyes fixed on me. I'll get you through it. It's, this, is not a, this is a non-issue. But it's so loud in our hearts and it's so loud in our souls and it's so loud in our eyes. It's a non-issue. But we make a big deal out of it and we're allowing it to cause anxiety, fear, and depression and worry. It's a non-issue. I've already worked it out. You the Lord, or am I the Lord? Are you the Lord, or am I the Lord? Scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God, the place of power over everything in the kingdom, in the universe. He's speaking from that place saying, it's a non-issue. Gas prices are going up. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. It's a non-issue. Traffic is ridiculous. These moto taxis. Have you been at the square at 5 o'clock? All the red lights, do any of them turn green? It's a non-issue. 
these two roosters waking me up too early. Nathan, it's a non-issue. What did they say about me? What did they say? About, ding, ding, tweet, tweet. I'm getting texts right now. I'm in church, people. You know who you are. <laughs> Fix my eyes on Jesus. Wars and rumors of wars. Fix my eyes on Jesus. Temptation to go back to the addiction, to the eating disorder. Fix my eyes on Jesus. Can I pray for you? Pray with you. I want to pray with every person here, person online. And I really feel like there's people that are online that are like, they're right there. And they're, they're tuning in even right now. And they've yet to give their life over to the Lord. And maybe this affects you right here in this space as well. In such a place where you'll actually make him Lord over your distractions. You'll just say this right now. Thank you, Lord, for being the rock and the salvation that I need, my place of refuge. I receive you as Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive me for my sins. Thank you for your healing. Thank you that you were dead and buried three days from the cross to resurrection, raised again so that I may have everlasting life. In Jesus' name. I thank you. I just want to ask this for the message part. Is there anybody here that the Lord's just, man, he's speaking to me on that one. Me, you, me, yeah, yeah, me. And all of you that won't admit it. <laughs> Too distracted. I didn't hear what you said, Pastor Nathan. <laughs> and if you're online, I want to give you a number that you can text. Or if you're here and you're saying, I, I just made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. We want to know about it because we want to follow up with you. You can text now saved, now saved to 94,000. And I want to invite you, if you've yet to begin to come, become fruitful, and I'm going to say that because those who are serving God in his temple, his house, are no longer making a thoroughfare but they're starting to bear fruit. It's not the profession without the practice. Our next steps, which is our on-ramp to be a part of the GO team, the fruitful GO team here in this house is on April 10th at 6 p.m. Let us know. We actually wanna provide an online resource or an in-paper, a paper resource, if that makes it easier for you in advance. We're here to help you become fruitful so you won't be a fig tree that withers looking leafy but withers down to nothing when the shaking comes and as we talk about always you guys can kick it off but as we talk about always uh, how we do things how we move how we become more fruitful as a church as we all do everything that we do as a body is through our giving and now's the time for you to prepare your giving so that we can continue to be effective in our community because it takes God's resources in every capacity. Just because you serve doesn't mean we don't tithe. And just because we tithe doesn't mean we don't serve. We do it all out of obedience. We do it all because that's who we are as Christ followers. So we thank you. Let's raise up. Let's stand up. Let's worship God. Let's give him what he deserves.